the number one reason we've been on the air for 10 years. I'm Captain Dave, and America is my ship of love. The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is episode 300. My goodness. It's the first week of May of 2022. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about. And as always, so many things that we can't talk about on the 300th episode of the first and still the only after all these years and episodes wrestling podcast you would think someone would have ripped off this idea by now but no the only podcast that covers pro wrestling still after eight plus years a lot of people a lot of people wanted to do this but none of them were brave enough (laughs) to set up a couple of microphones and talk about pro wrestling on the internet nobody else could pull it off just us that's right you know, you've often said that you're braver than any troop. And I think this is proof. Mm-hmm. This is proof mm-hmm. of that. Many, many people say that. Many people have said that. Big, big, strong men, motorcycle guys and firemen, they come up to me and with tears in their eyes and, and they say, thank you for starting a wrestling podcast. No one, no one else was willing to start a wrestling podcast, but, uh, but I was and you were. And, and here we are 300 episodes later. Well, we both went to AEW Dynamite this week. There's that that we have to talk about. There's WWE's WrestleMania Backlash show coming up this Sunday. We can also touch on that. You want to start with WWE or do you want to start with uh, AEW? Uh, I guess we should start with AEW because that's like that's fresher in our minds and probably more interesting to talk about since we were both there live. <laughs> Sure. So there was like a uh, a six hour AEW dynamite taping that we went to. I stayed to the bitter end. There was uh, some positive stuff on dynamite, but also I feel like um, I feel like we got a Ring of Honor show, <laughs> and um, like they think that. This is like uh, Ring of Honor Central over here. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't really care about Ring of Honor. I'd, I'd prefer to see AEW wrestlers wrestle on the AEW wrestling show. But they headlined Dynamite with a Ring of Honor women's title match. And they headlined Rampage with a Jay Lethal match. So... I'm really negative about this already. And it's like, I had a good time. It just felt like a, a ring of honor show. I think that's fair. It was not the, the most star studded event. Uh, Punk was not there. Uh, the bucks were there, but didn't really do anything. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, both, both of the TV main events 
or I guess two of the three, uh, yeah, the TV main events, I should say, were, uh, were both <laughs> Ring of Honor focused. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there was that. And I, I didn't watch the show back, so I don't know if they were hitting that really hard on commentary. But, yeah, I think there was this idea that, that, that you know, Sinclair and, and the Ring of Honor offices were centered in Baltimore, and they did run a lot of shows here over the last decade. But... I, I, it never felt like Baltimore was was Ring of Honor's town. Like I think you could, you know, maybe if you were like Philly or New York or something like that, you could probably make that that case as as much, if not more, than you could for Baltimore being ROH's home. But yeah, I mean, look, I'll just say this: I've never had a bad time. Okay, that's not true. I've had one bad time <laughs> at a wrestling show ever, and it was a WWE house show the night before the Royal rumble that was made evented by like Roman Reigns and Jason Jordan against the Miz and his Miz guys. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad show, but every other live wrestling show I've ever been to, I'm pretty sure I've enjoyed. So uh, yeah, I mean, there was, it was still a fun show. Uh, it was definitely long. There's a lot of dilly dallying between when dynamite ended and the rampage uh, taping started, including they had to film a uh, a main event for the Dark Elevation YouTube show, which seemed very odd at the time. I guess we found out the reason today was that there was power failures and they weren't able to record before Dynamite. So, uh, yes, which which kind of makes sense because very awkwardly and suddenly after a uh, a Max Caster and Cheeseburger match, uh, speaking of Ring of Honor. Uh, Justin Roberts announced that the rest of the matches here will just be for the live crowd until eight o'clock when dynamite goes on the air, which only ended up being one match, but it was uh, sky blue and Nyla Rose. So uh, uh, yeah, I don't, that, that was kind of awkward, but it also elongated what was already feeling like a, a, a long evening. And then there, you have big periods of downtime between that. And when they, of course they have to switch out the ring aprons and all the guardrails and everything to actually do the rampage taping and all that. It's all the, all the trappings that come with a, a television taping, especially when you're taping multiple shows with different names that air on different networks. Yes. A lot of Justin Roberts um, padding. A lot of Justin Roberts with a microphone talking to the crowd and saying, hey, how you guys doing? You having fun? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can we send wrestlers out to cut promos or something? Or can we play videos on the video wall or something that is not Justin Roberts, like improving, please? <laughs> yeah, that might have been good. Like at one point, right before Rampage started, Jericho came down and did his entrance and cut a promo. And I was like, why didn't he come out 10 minutes ago while Justin Roberts was getting various sections to chant the number of the section they were sitting in for like five minutes straight. Uh, yes. But maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe Jericho wasn't ready yet. Uh, but yeah, there. so yeah, there's, there's certain trappings that come with a television taping that I think always make for not the most possible fun you can have at a wrestling show. Um, probably the most fun I've ever had at wrestling shows were ones that weren't televised at all. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, I think it's, 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 we've talked about this quite a few times over, over the 300 episodes of the show, really hard to have a bad time at a wrestling show, even if it's a bit long and you got some downtime in between stuff. Absolutely. 
Yes. Yes. So uh, they were setting up stuff. It was a, really a setup show. It's like next week's card is pretty stacked. And uh, Hangman Page was there. So he's back from COVID. So that's nice. CM Punk was not there. But um, they finally revealed the bracket for the uh, Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament. So they finally decided how many people are in the tournament <laughs> <laughs> or just decide to clue, clue people in on how many people are in the tournament. That's that's nice. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Bobby Fish is not a match that um, I really need to see ever again. Um, totally fine. Two old pros having an old pro match. But, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy and Bobby Fish, yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not seeing that again. And um, and um, what else was on this show? Um, a lot of oh, the dark stuff. I didn't, I didn't need to see a QT Marshall match at like 1045 Eastern time. No, I mean, the crowd adored keith lee and and swerve yes. like, I will, I, that was one of the things i was impressed by one that most of the crowd stayed at least through that in like the first couple matches of rampage it started to thin out i think after the uh the reho match was was taped but it, there was still a good amount of people there um throughout the whole show but yes they loved seeing the stars but that they could have gone five minutes and it probably would have been just as good as uh, you know the the eight or ten minutes they ended up going with with QT and Nick Camarato. Yeah. Well, that was uh, AEW uh, Dynamite uh, Dark Elevation and uh, Rampage Live. I guess they could add in. It, are is the Dark Elevation commentary team is just Big Show and Mark Henry? I think Excalibur's out there some weeks, but I guess not all of them. So I think I think I think Tall Paul is doing is doing play by play these days. That's what I was trying to figure out. It's like I know it was Shivani and uh, and uh, and no more BS Paul White <laughs> <laughs> when that's when that show began. But uh, that I'm I don't think I care enough to ever watch it. But uh, I am I am uh, intrigued definitely by the idea of the big show being a play by play man. That is quite fascinating as a career trajectory for him. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Forbidden Door uh, pay per view for AEW tickets for that went on sale this week, and the pre sale sold out pretty much immediately. They're going to put a. F- few more tickets on sale for the general on sale date but um are you surprised that it sold out instantly i am not surprised when they do an instant sell out anymore no i think i think i think this is this is kind of i won't say business as usual but i think aew's fan base when aew makes a big deal of a show believes that and is willing to travel to see that show and wants it to be a big deal. And this is the, even though you know, you have new Japan guys on AEW TV pretty regularly now, it is the first, you know, fully co-branded, you know, co-promoted show and they're advertising, you know, 
you know, big dream matches and interpromotional matches and things like that. So, yeah, I think I think they set this up to be a big deal. They, you know, and they're running, you know, the uh, the big arena in that in that city that they run in a lot. Obviously, there's a local market that loves that company, and then also I think a, a lot of people are going to be willing to travel for a show like that because they feel like it's going to be a big deal. And yeah, so I think I think this is this is pretty the norm. And I like if they were running if they were running trying to run shows in these big arenas once a month would they be selling out absolutely not i don't believe that at all but if you're doing it five or six times a year and especially in this case a really big special event that you're building up or trying to build up yeah i think this this is not totally surprising that this was a this was a quick sellout um and that's maybe one thing heading back to the dynamite taping like there was there really wasn't a new japan presence on that show they they kind of just hit on hit on stuff for for double or nothing which i guess is good they should probably promote the show that's first uh first but yeah they're they they mostly were focusing on either building stuff for next week's show or stuff for the pay-per-view yes that show is uh yes well they're they're always a little attention deficit um when it comes to promoting multiple shows at once they <laughs> They have, they always have 500 shows going on. So there's always something to promote. And uh, yeah, but I, I'm not sure that like people think we're going to see like Okada and Omega on that show. Like I, I feel like we're going to see a bunch of tag matches. <laughs> yeah. I think we talked about that a couple, couple weeks ago. Like uh, my thought was that, yeah, it's going to be maybe a couple of interpromotional matches, but it's going to be, I think guys at the level of like Suzuki and Ishii going against AEW guys. And then, yeah, you would imagine Okada is, is going to be there and Tanahashi and those guys are going to be there. But I would think a lot of them will end up in like, you know, the all-star 10 man tags where the baby faces of one company wrestle the heels of, of the other company type of thing. So um, but for the first time, maybe that's enough of a novelty because we haven't seen the big, big New Japan stars on on an AEW show yet. So maybe just Okada being there is is enough. But yeah, I don't I don't really know. I don't I don't really feel like I have a sense for what exactly they're promising other than like, you know, the Bullet Club and and the elite are going to do something together and and that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't feel like they've, they've, they're not, they're not like hitting it really hard. Like, Oh my God, we're going to get these big time, amazing dream matches. But also in the meantime, where they're not really making a card, which again, you can wait a little bit because you still have another pay-per-view before then that you're trying to sell. But yes, it does. It does allow people's uh, imaginations to run wild in that time. And then sometimes if you then, start to announce matches and they aren't these these big epic main eventer versus main eventer dream matches where you know one top guy from one company's wrestling you know for the other company's top championship or something whatever people are envisioning it can come off as disappointing even if it ends up being a good show or not yeah we may get moxley and tanahashi i guess because uh they had an opportunity to book that as a singles match for Washington, D.C., and they uh, made it a four-way with um, other guys 
Osprey and uh, I forget who else. Bullet Club's Juice Robinson. Oh, that's your right. your friend's juice. My personal close personal friend Juice, <laughs> who swerved. <laughs> he swerved the internet. He's not even on the internet, and he wanted to swerve the internet. He said he was leaving New Japan, and then he returned to New Japan and turned heel and joined Bullet Club. There's ever there one ever there's one guy that's not a heel and not a Bullet Club heel is Juice Robinson, but. Well, sure, you know, they'll sure. put him in a leather jacket and sunglasses and we'll give it the old college try anyway. He could just raid his wife's closet for leather jackets and sunglasses. <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of his wife, uh, yes. it took a few extra months, but Tony Storm finally made it to Baltimore. Yes, she did not fly home. <laughs> so we she... can confirm it was not the city of Baltimore that broke her. Well, technically, this was in a suburb of Baltimore, so <laughs> it was not within the city limits. <laughs> so we don't actually know that. But yeah, yeah, it was very cool. Finally, after many, 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 many years uh, of to get to see Tony Storm wrestle live in a, in a tag team match. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, Britt Baker, by the way, n- not a good wrestler. Yeah, I feel like I feel like, is it is it becoming more okay to say that now? <laughs> I hope so. I I hope I hope so. Very good character. Uh-huh. Very very good promo. And technically um she usually can execute basic moves. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything that has any kind of degree of difficulty, it's not like she botches it. She just does it in super slow motion to make sure that it's executed correctly and it looks terrible. And she also like screwed up uh, an O'Connor roll, which is like first day of wrestling school uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in the finish of her, of that tag match. So uh, yeah, maybe Britt Baker's not a good wrestler. Yeah. Like she's had good matches with really talented professional wrestlers, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think she is a, particularly strong uh in-ring talent on on her own merits it's also gotten hurt a lot and if it's like if you are i don't think there are some people that are i don't think physically have the constitution to be uh pro wrestlers and if you're like constantly getting hurt and breaking your wrists and (laughs) it's like yeah i you know, breaking your face. It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe you're maybe you're just not cut out for the wrestling part of pro wrestling. And that's that's fine. Like you gave it a you gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean I I think like I said, I think she's she's a good character. I understand why you would want her on your show every week, but you know, she doesn't wrestle a lot on television, and as a result. That also means she maybe doesn't have a ton of opportunities to get better at the things she isn't good at. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, it's on one hand, you're like, well, she's not very good. So I don't really want to see her wrestle every week, but by virtue of her only wrestling once every six weeks, she's also not going to get that much better. And so it is kind of that, uh, that self-fulfilling prophecy snake eating its own tail thing. So. She she really only has long matches on pay-per-view, and that's where it really 
like stands out that she's not super good, but she was also like the worst worker in that tag match that's on Friday's rampage. And it it was glaring just because everybody else in the match is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. All right. Didn't mean to turn this into bashing Brit. <laughs> I like Brit. All right. Uh, WrestleMania backlash backlash <laughs> backlash is coming up this Sunday from the Dunkin' Donuts Center in uh, hailing from Dunkin' Donuts in <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island. A hotbed of wrestling that is Providence, Rhode Island. To me, the most notable thing about this show is that they spent the better part of a month building it around the idea that they were going to unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. And they built every SmackDown around it. They built every Raw around it. Mm -hmm. And then on last week's SmackDown, they're like, out of nowhere, it's like, this is now a six-man tag with Roman Roman Reigns and the Usos facing Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro. And there are no titles on the line. Now, they could still conceivably put all the titles on the line, like in a segment on this week's SmackDown. But Mm -hmm. they spent a month building up a tag team title unification match and then just decided not to do it one week. (laughs) You know what? You know why? And actually, and I don't I have not heard anyone else bring this up. So would you like to explain why they're doing this? So I, I think Roman Reigns is hurt. Like he might not be injured, but I think he is beat up and they don't think he can go in a singles match with Drew, which is why he was barely on television for two or three weeks while they were having the whole shows built around the Usos and Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And, and why Drew McIntyre was in a program with Sami Zayn. And then I guess they feel like, well, they were they were kind of waiting and biding their time and waiting to see if the Drew Roman match was going to be a go. They blew off the Sami Zayn program on TV and gave Drew his win. So it seemed like, okay, we're we're moving in that direction. But then they announced it as a tag. So yeah, like I think Roman Reigns is hurt and they don't think he can do a long singles match on pay-per-view. So they're going to do a six man where he can do a Superman punch and he can do his talking and squeezing and then let the Usos do most of the actual wrestling. And he doesn't have to. And instead of taking three bumps like he does in his normal matches, he maybe only has to take one this time or none. Maybe like I think I think this is a way to protect Roman Reigns from having to uh, work uh, a particularly long match and and especially a singles match and. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read anybody, not you know, not your site, not anybody else's wrestling news site has claimed that Roman Reigns is working hurt or he's beat up or whatever, but it's just why else would you just you built every show around Roman Reigns for two and a half years, and then all of a sudden he just wasn't he was put on the back burner for like three weeks, and then you bring him back and you're putting him in a six-man tag on on pay-per-view with no belts on the line after previously building up a unification match between four of the six competitors in this match. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make any other sense to me unless Roman Reigns is beat up and they don't think he can go. That's an excellent point that no one else is making. So, yeah. 
Also on this show, uh, Cody Rhodes is wrestling Seth freaking Rollins again. <laughs> the thing that Cody is best at is talking. And they really haven't let him talk a whole lot. Um, they had a really good match at WrestleMania. I assume they'll have a really good match again. Yeah, I I, 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 uh, I wonder how much they're... Like, I know the idea is we, we brought Cody in to let him be Cody, but then he did that promo with The Miz where he called, where he called it a belt and said wrestling and did all the stuff there. And, like, uh, I don't care what anybody says, but I wonder if they're like, well, maybe we just put the focus on, on him in the ring for the next few weeks. And, yeah, I mean, and, and they did the thing which Cody has gone on record multiple times as not being a fan of, which is they had Seth run down his dad. Yes. Um, because he, you know, he always said that was lazy. I remember him making fun of Jericho for doing that when they were doing their feud in AEW and uh, talking about how that was sort of a considered a no-no. <laughs> like if you're if you're feuding with Cody, don't mention his dad because it's lazy. So like felt like yeah, it, it has not felt like they've really put a lot of gasoline on the fire. And also yes, we saw this match a month ago and saw Cody win clean. So. Um, I guess it would be kind of funny if Seth won. So there's that. <laughs> Can they ad- address what's what is going to happen with the world titles? <laughs> Just <laughs> can you casually mention like who's next in line to challenge for, for the world titles at some point? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I nice. perhaps if 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 Drew. Uh... Maybe they'll they'll change the six man tag to a championship contenders match, oh, and uh, if Drew can if Drew pins like Jim Uso, he'll get he'll get the next shot at, at Roman's belts or singular sure. belt. I don't know. I can't tell. Sure, AJ Styles is wrestling Edge, uh, your favorite act, mm-hmm. Judgment Day. Damian Priest is banned from ringside, so AJ Styles and uh, Edge, the actor. Are going to have a uh, another pro wrestling match. I just figure a third person's going to join Edge's group and sure and cost AJ the match probably. Um, they as as they as as we know they listen to this show. They put AJ and Finn together so that Finn could take the falls in the tag matches all summer. Yes. Um. So they got that idea. You're welcome, guys. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I just figured they were very specific to be like Damien Priest is banned from ringside. So I was like, yeah, so probably a, a, a new a new guy. I don't know. It could be Champa. It could be uh, somebody from NXC. I don't know. But they'll I think I just assumed a new a new person's getting added to the group. Yep. Could be Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could, could be her. Yep. Bobby Lashley and Omos are going to have another barn burner, another five-star <laughs> classic. There's going to be bear hugs. There's going to be clubbering in the corner. Big meaty gonna... men slapping meat. That's right. There's going to be a back break. There's going to be that thing where he lays him across his knee and presses down on his neck. Lightly yes. stretches him the way that your body's supposed to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the classic big big stinky giant wwf 1987 moves will be done by almost in this match the in-ring the in-ring 
well, the characters too. The characters in WWE, the character work in WWE has gone back to the mid '90s, but also the in-ring work has gone back to the mid '90s. <laughs> well, yeah, man, we gotta we gotta teach these gotta teach these kids how to work, which means if you're big, you do bear hugs and you squish people in the corner, and uh, and you, maybe you do a big boot as your high spot. Yikes. Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's title against Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match. They had a beat the clock challenge for quote unquote bragging rights <laughs> on last week's SmackDown, taped two weeks ago. They've just they've gotten nothing for this feud. Uh, they've had nothing since they decided to put these two together. They've continued to have nothing for it. I don't think Ronda Rousey wants to wrestle Becky Lynch. Um, because I think uh, she thinks Becky's mean to her on the microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's really like uh, anybody can talk circles around Ronda Rousey in a pro wrestling setting. I'm not trying to make fun of, I know she had a, a speech about him or something in the past. I'm not trying to make fun of that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying one person is, uh, has is throwing rocks and the other person has a machine gun when it comes to, to uh, cutting pro wrestling promos. And uh yeah, so I don't think she wants to wrestle her. So she's wrestling Charlotte instead. And uh, I hope they have a better match than they had at WrestleMania. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, it's amazing. Because like when Ronda came back at the Rumble, it kind of felt like a big deal for a second, right? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just she got a big reaction because she was returning and they were in a big stadium. So it felt like a big deal. But like she won I'll the I'll say the vibes have been off from the start. Okay, that's fair. Like, I thought they had it, like, on the night. I was like, okay, this is something. Like, I can see people being excited about this. But from the moment that they paired her and Charlotte, I just feel like people were, like, not not into this. And I, I don't think people wanted to... People are not rallying around Ronda as, like, a weekly babyface character. And, you know... I think that the credit, and we talked about this, I think when she first came back, the credit or the fun of Ronda Rousey when she was on Raw two years ago or whatever was was that there was always like a little bit of danger because she wasn't very good at uh, wrestling. There's going to be violence. Yes. And she felt, and they didn't, and they generally kept her promo short and sweet. And then she came out, did her matches and, and, and it was, you know, fun and simple and, and it worked, but this, this has been going on for three months now because <laughs> they feuded for the month before WrestleMania two and did the tag match in Saudi Arabia. And now they did the WrestleMania match with where Charlotte pinned her with a big boot. And now they're <laughs> still wrestling. And it just, it doesn't feel like Charlotte does not feel over as like a top heel. Um, and, and Rhonda does not feel over as a top baby face. I just, I don't think they have particularly good chemistry as opponents either. So it's, it's a real bad mix. And like, yeah, I, if, even if you don't want to immediately put her or she doesn't want to be put with Becky, you gotta, you gotta move on to something here. Like, (laughs) I don't know who you got left, honestly, because they only pushed like three women, but man, you gotta, you gotta figure something out or I don't know. Do a do a crazy do a big schmaz and a screw job and 
send Rhonda home for a couple months and bring her back at SummerSlam or something. Cause again, at least then you kind of reset it because if she's away for a while, there's a little novelty to it when she first comes back at least, but yeah, weekly television character Ronda Rousey is not working and it's especially not working when her foil is a, I think a pretty stale character in, in Charlotte. And I, again, I like Charlotte and I don't have like ill will towards Rhonda, but this is just, this is, this is no bueno. Yeah. The other match is uh, for on this show announced so far for this show uh, on Sunday is a uh, happy Corbin against Madcap Moss, two guys that desperately needed each other and um, were a fine act that they split up for no reason other than they got bored. <laughs> yeah. And then like Madcap <laughs> uh, Moss is now a baby face who his name is Madcap Moss. And uh, he still wears like the suspenders and loafers and stuff. Yes. And it's like, okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, like, like, yeah, I think I've said this for, I've said this for years. Baron Corbin is a guy and he was always a guy and he still is a guy. And he's he's fine. (laughs) He's a perfectly serviceable, you know, mid to upper card heel to have on your wrestling show and Madcap Moss is a good athlete and I can see why they like him and why they want to give him a chance. Um, and he, I think he has some natural, you know, charisma that, that he's, he's started to tap into and was given time to, you know, to kind of grow into a role. Um, but yeah, splitting them up and then turning Madcap baby face and, yeah, they're going to wrestle. They're going to have an eight minute match that nobody's going to care about. And then I don't know. It's they'll either put them on separate shows eventually or they'll turn or they'll turn Madcap back heel in a, in two months when this isn't working or or something. But yeah, it's just yeah, I, I don't I don't feel like it was <laughs> I don't feel like breaking. I don't really want to see them together that much either, but I really don't want to see them wrestle each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree with I agree with that. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to uh, discuss here in the world of pro wrestling? Uh, Best of Super Juniors is going to start in New Japan. They brought back some of the guys that have been exclusive to the United States as travel is kind of opening up over there. Um, but uh, not a ton uh, of exciting things happening uh, across the pond there. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss? No, I think that uh, that about covers it. I uh, I I was thinking we're doing this for 300 episodes and a little over eight years now. Yes. Like just off the top of your head, spur of the moment. What's like the best thing that's that's like best wrestling segment or match that's happened since we've been doing this show? Oh man, um, I think NXT Takeover Brooklyn happened. Um, mm-hmm. that that was pretty great. Um, and then they uh, a couple months later they uh, they did uh, Bailey and Sasha in an Iron Woman match. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably my favorite stuff. At least it's like that that takeover show is like a, a unicorn now. Looking back, <laughs> <laughs> that whole program uh, is a, it's a unicorn. Looking back, um, I mean that is the that's just my favorite stuff. That's what mm-hmm. jumps out at me immediately. How about you? Yeah. I was thinking of like, what were the, like the true moments of like pro wrestling joy? I think that 
that NXT show is a great example. I think maybe a recency bias thing, but Punk coming back last year was really, sure. really great. Um, at that whole the, the all out show with Danielson and Adam Cole and Ruby all debuting, really cool. Um, Danielson has retired and come back. <laughs> he won the title on the date we released our first show, the day of WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Uh, he won the title, yeah. had to surrender it a couple of months later. Yeah. Came back, got hurt again, retired, unretired, had like a th- <laughs> another four years in WWE, and now wrestles in AEW. Like, yes. So that's yes, the, the, the long and, and winding career trajectory of Brian Danielson's been uh, been a fascinating thing to follow along as well. But yeah, I was thinking and, and I'll, honestly, honorable mention, uh, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, uh, just still, still sure. very high up the list of my favorite things I've seen in any years <laughs> that I'm watching wrestling. It, it's the greatest pro wrestling match of all time. And <laughs> I, I won't have anyone say say otherwise. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Triple H died. You remember that? <laughs> rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace, Paul. Yeah, it's okay to joke about that now because he uh, he's still around. Yeah, he's yeah he's back making public appearances and and uh, has a, has a nice role as a, a talent scout or something now. He got fired. <laughs> like, hey, this he, guy looks he... like he could lift some weights. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H died. They clean Vince went down and 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 personally cleaned out his office <laughs> and gave and gave it to Johnny Ace. That's and great. then and then he and then Triple H uh recovered from being dead and they they, they don't they don't have a spot for him at the office no more. Yes, Vince looked at that and Triple H said Pop, I'm still alive. And Vince said, Well, I refuse to apologize. And <laughs> And yeah, so Hunter's like a unofficial talent scout going around trying to get these college athletes to uh, see you know, what the, the the fall from grace from from being uh, internet internet wrestling Twitter's favorite son Paul Levesque as the NXT promoter to uh, to uh, Johnny Ace's office boy. Could not have predicted that. Really, could not have predicted that. All right. Well, I guess good news. Nobody got cut from WWE this week. Uh, people got cut from NXT last week. Um, just people that were like involved in t- TV storylines and stuff. Sure. Nobody just, important. Just written off with no, no explanation whatsoever. But uh, WWE had their investors call and so far nobody has gotten cut afterwards. So hopefully I pray that you can get this edited. <laughs> Before they start mass releasing just, people. Just let me hit publish. All right. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Yes. Nick. Just let me hit publish before so that uh, artistic integrity doesn't take over and I don't have to record a new intro for the show. That's all yep. I ask. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for the uh, 300th plus time. And uh, until next time, I mean, and I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. I'm Captain Dave, and America is our ship of love.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. So you missed Satnam Singh. Ships passing in the night. That phrase cracks me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> it's just once in a while, there's just a phrase where I'm like, only this isn't like even a punchline. It's just like a complete non sequitur that only works if you're a writer writing for David Letterman. Yes. And that's yes. one of those. Yes. And there's no one that can deliver something like that right now i don't think in comedy no nobody james corden (laughs) he's uh he's not doing that he has uh he's also passed away unfortunately nick con fired him as well uh his uh his a zombie james corden will be hosting a television show for the next year (laughs) yeah he's got his uh he's he's gonna he should go enter into his heel dave batista phase and James Corden in a leather vest and, and sunglasses. Yes. Talking to Ariana Grande and whoever. To, he does the thing where he brings all the guests out at once, right? Correct. So yeah, yes. just, just let's let them talk while he while he sits his feet up on the desk. Yes. What's what's a guy like that do when he's not when he's done hosting the show? Unless he's just made his money and he's gonna do like whatever he wants. Like that guy's not gonna go be a movie star. You think apparently he thinks so. Huh. I mean it's, he's he was a bit player in movies before. That's true. I mean, yeah, he's he was in that, that horrifying cats movie. Yes. He was in the terrible uh um I don't even know what it was. Out of the woods is the name of the movie, I think. Oh yeah, but, it, was like, it was like it was like sexy modern fairy tales or something, right? Something like that. Uh, I tried to watch it and fell asleep hundreds of times while watching it, <laughs> and uh, all I remember is him just singing the word "woods" three hundred million times. <laughs> Every song was like, "I'm in the woods, I'm climbing through the woods." <laughs> just three hours of that. It's like no, I I didn't make it more than 90 seconds at a time my brain would just shut down <laughs> wonderful wonderful well good luck to to the kid to the tubby yes. kid yes and uh yes and uh, and we'll see what like tiktok star cbs puts in there at, at 12 30 going forward yes that will be intriguing i try to keep on keeping on 